Hey, Tom. Hey, JC. I don't have any ideas for this cold open, buddy. Well, it, and it's funny because you're like, I need an idea for the cold open. So I go, okay, you're going to think of it. Let me put the mic down because oh. I have this two-foot cable for my microphone. <laughs> Understand that people listening right now, I have very small I, – I have this very nice microphone that uh, the blue – mic whatever mm-hmm. it's one of those like you know common good podcast type mics uh so i i have that and that's great and the usb cable that hooks up to my computer that came with the mic broke so i being a technologically you know gifted person went through my bag of cables found another one but it's very short it's like two foot long if that <laughs> So when I talk, I have to actually take the mic, pick it up and bring it to me. And then if I need to do something else, I put the mic down. Like when I went to go get a drink, when JC was talking about, I need a cold open idea. I go, let me put down the microphone. I put down the microphone, go to get a drink, get ready to drink it. And here, Hey Tom, like <laughs> with, with no warning whatsoever. So, so silence scramble grab microphone <laughs> but look at that we filled the entire cold open there you go See, look at that i'm creating content you created content <laughs> we create content who just rambled for like 15 minutes just now without a wrestler having to die <laughs> that's true that's a good point speaking of that shibata made his i'm sorry right, we'll get to that uh <laughs> Boy, we got a lot to cover this week, don't we? We do. Everything happened this weekend. Uh, God, this I was past th- week. I was thinking of like all the WWE events, and then I forgot. Oh God, all of G One wrapped up. Yeah, G One nights seventeen through nineteen, SummerSlam, and Takeover. Fortunately, that was it. <laughs> Thank God, AEW is not completely rolling right now. No. But August, we were just talking about this, August 31st, when we have New Japan uh, take over Cardiff and uh, all out on the same day. The, the neckbeards are going to explode for that one. Oh, boy. Dude, when that happens, is it like one hair at a time shoots off like a firework display or is it just like poof? All the electric scooters just stop at once. <laughs> birds as far as the eye can see. Uh, anyway... That's our show tonight, so that's what we're going to talk about. And I realized I said that's our show tonight, like I'm trying to wrap it up, and that's not, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> I put down the mic again. <laughs> All right, just, can you just go ahead and ring the bell so we can do this? Sure thing, JZ. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 Network, bringing you all the best in wrestling from WWE, New Japan, and beyond. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Oh, buddy! It's the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. My name is JC. Here next to me at the commentary table to the stars is my good buddy, Mr. Workrate, Tom. Great to be here as always, JC. Isn't it, sir? I did. I didn't hear our opening, so I'm assuming it played. But oh. I know all the reactions yeah, that I'm supposed you know, to do. Yeah, you did it perfectly. I just realized. Uh, I think the cat hit the uh, ox return on the board here for that always. channel. So you're just always going to blame the cat now. Yeah, it's going to be easier to just 
He just looked over at me like, it's not my fault. No, now now the cat is plotting. Now you have crossed the cat and you're screwed. That's all right. As the owner of four, I can assure you that (laughs) you're screwed now. Anyway, this is a busy weekend. Busy week, whatever we want to call it, because I guess it bled into Monday. Yeah. Uh, where where do we want to start? Do we want to go? Do we, do we want to go chronologically as we usually do? Um, we're, we're just gonna hit the high spots here tonight, folks. There we cannot. Yeah. Unless we're not. This will not be a two hour show. God no. I like sleep. Yeah. Um, my wife will get mad. Yeah. Uh, take over Toronto was Saturday night. That's how we kicked things off. Uh. What was uh, what was your standout of the night, Tom? We'll start there. Um, I'd say probably. I don't know. Do, do I take the safe bet and go with the main event, or? Uh, I do love me some Velveteen Dream, though. So, uh, the three way match was quality. Uh, I don't. This is a hard. This was a hard show to pick just one. I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, that it's a it's a takeover. I mean, unless you're Meltzer and you're like, oh, I, I, they did too much in that in that finale. Oh, we overthought it. Was that really? Well, was that was the the ending of that main event? Was it really like over constructed? I mean, because I don't think it was. I enjoyed it. These two, like, uh, we basically had a three levels of hell match, right? Is essentially right. what it ended up being. And so, of course, it's going to end with something crazy like that. Cole retains. Cool. Like, that story is apparently over now. But I thought it was fine. Like, they built. And this is the third. This is the third fall of the third match in this trilogy. Like, what? where else do you expect them to go? Right. But I thought it was cool to see the. They didn't know what to call it, but it, I mean, it was clearly the, the Ambrose Asylum that descended down. Right. <laughs> Without a potted plant. Ah, oh, it was Missing Mitch, wasn't it? Yeah. That's a, that would have been great if somebody would have snuck it in there. like <laughs> Just to see if anyone noticed, which someone would have. It would have been all over the internet. God damn it. What's that plant doing there? <laughs> um, but I thought it was really, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was... Again, it's Meltzer shitting on things because it's not AEW. Yeah, it's be, it is is. Let's talk about that for a second. That's becoming like a thing, right? It's becoming a it's it's becoming his bit that like if it's not New Japan or it's not AEW, like it's not any good. Well, I mean it, that that's the thing. In the past. Meltzer kind of like went over. I mean, he, you basically had one type of wrestling to go over. You had mainstream American wrestling, which was for the most part the same, the territories and things like that. Then you had Japanese wrestling, which was kind of obscure and not really that well known or whatever. And then as time passed, I mean, you you had you could tell that Dave had Bias. a yeah well yeah. I am necessarily biased more so than a preference. That's I true. Because he, he is, I will say, he is very open about being like, uh, these are these are just my my opinions. 
He does and, say and, that, and I believe that, right? Like, if you live and die on a Meltzer star rating, like, you've got issues, and you need to disconnect from the product for a couple months. And, <laughs> it's time to step away. That's what it is. It's if you, if you are a similar fan as he is, and he is, I mean, and he'll, he's willing to admit that he is a fan and he's a journalist, but he's also a fan kind of first and foremost. He wouldn't be where he, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing if he wasn't a fan to begin with. Right. And as a fan, he has a specific preference. He, he knows what he likes and there are some American things that he likes, but he is partial to the Japanese product. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, AEW is not necessarily a Japanese product, but a lot of it kind of stems from Japan in the sense that you're going to have these longer work rate type matches. You, you're going to have it's There's a definite new Japan influence to the booking. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's something that's more geared towards Meltzer. Um, I mean, these are wrestlers in general that Meltzer likes even beforehand. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's if any, any promotion that has the Bucks and Kenny Omega in it is going to have Meltzer's ear to begin with. Yeah, you get a half a star bonus for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he, I thought he was wrong on that, but again, that's everyone's opinion. I enjoyed it. It was another, it was another really solid takeover. It was great to see Candice finally have like a legit match where she's Candice and not Mrs. Johnny wrestling. Right. I think they may have caught themselves on that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think when you first debut her, that's a great way to introduce her. And I, I think it, it, it worked, right? Now everyone knows who she is. It's Johnny's wife. And now she's carving her own path. And it was it was good for the um, for the Ciampa angle and having, you know, that influence of when you're getting family involved in how Gargano was... Yeah. You know, kind of devolving, I guess you could say. Right. So you're making it. Yeah. You're you're making it kind of a shoot, brother. Yeah, yeah. It, it works for that. You, I mean, you yeah, you don't need her with Cole and and Johnny. So, yeah. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. I didn't even think about it in that context. Uh, like you said, tag match was good. Triple threat was good. It was a good show. Yeah. Um, my one concern here. I think I bring this up. I brought this up after like the last three takeovers. What, what, what the hell are we doing with Shayna? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I saw the, the, the spoilers from the taping, right? So there's, there's new paths emerging, but at the same time, like, all right. I feel like to me, the issue has been, we've not built a credible of enough challenger for her. And it's weird because I think the the most building we're doing right now of a female wrestler outside of Shayna Baszler is uh is it Io or is it Eo again? Remind e me. Eo. It's Eo. it's Eo, okay. Um you got Eo Shirai who I love the way that they're building her. Agreed. But they're building her into what she is now because she got her ass kicked by Shanda Baszler. Right. And then she finally snapped because she didn't have the killer instinct that, so she shouldn't get 
you know, a shot back again so quickly. No. Well, she she's not on. I will tell you this. She's not on that trajectory. Right. Given, given the tapings, too. A new challenger has emerged. A winner is you. <laughs> Maybe the most believable one yet. I don't want to spoil it here. But it's. I think it's the right choice. Okay. Uh, and a fresh face, which is good. Because I feel like that women's divisions are really, really stale. Did she reveal herself by tearing off her hair, revealing a different color of hair? <laughs> no. I don't know why it popped so hard for that. I did too. So, so uh, I think it was Reddit. So it was like, here's the here's the gif of Sasha Banks' uh, uh, arrival back, and it was it was the uh, the sting taking off the sting mask gif. Yeah, <laughs> it's like pretty much. <laughs> um, of note, before we wrap up NXT here, uh, NXT has signed a new class of trainees for the performance center i did see one of the people okay which one did you see no um uh i can't think of his name but the uh evolve dude yes the the evolve and wwn live champion austin theory yes that's him uh hell yeah it's exciting that kid's so good he's gonna and he he's gonna fit so well into the wwe system it just it feels right uh, the other one from the May Young class, these are the two kind of biggest names. There's a bunch of other kind of uh, uh, athletes and whatnot in the class. I think it's eight or nine people altogether. Uh, but Santana Garrett from the May Young Classic, who's had runs in WoW and Impact. I was going to say, that name sounds familiar to me. Yeah. And I, she's been off and on the NXT circuit, too. I know they've used her in the past for squashes and things. Right. So, good for her. She's very talented. I'm excited for that. But the Austin Theory one, I'm super stoked for. Yeah, somebody had mentioned something about him being, because he's, what, 22? Yeah, he's super young. Um, How he's the the youngest person to appear ringside of an NXT takeover. Mm-hmm. So. That's correct. And if you need a primer on him, go back and watch the... Uh, the main event of the uh, Evolve Anniversary special that was on the network. That was very good work of his. Uh, so, so I I think, you know, I mentioned that, so then I go, well, how old is Matt Riddle? Matt Riddle, first of all, Matt Riddle is 33. Yeah, Riddle's old. Riddle, well, you gotta think, he had all that time in, in MMA, right? Right. Before, but, before they were like, you have to stop smoking pot, Matt. But I guess it's a thing of like, you know, he's a bro, so you expect him to be like 10 years younger than he actually is. Yeah. And and then I think of Matt Riddle and then I think of um, him at the uh, the watch show that they do. <laughs> Just all over Goldberg. <laughs> and all I can think of is I'm not your bro. Oh, that's that's a good transition to SummerSlam. Yeah. So just just to be quick, <laughs> yeah. Because I feel it's, that I have to kind of mention it's, this because it's of amazing passing. Yeah. Um. So I guess at SummerSlam or like you know beforehand, as everybody's kind of like setting up or whatever, 
Riddle bumps into Goldberg. Oh, I guess he was going to like check out like his actual dressing room area or something right. like that. Because and to preface this, Riddle's been like a huge. I don't want to use critic as the term, but I'm gonna say like critic of Goldberg on on Twitter. He he's been critical. He has. I mean, critical is yeah. He's been talking, and a lot of it's been kind of comedic. But he's been like, there's there's an air of truth to it too. Right? <laughs> he's talking yeah. smack about Bill Goldberg, about about William Goldberg. Yeah, and it, it's you know it's in character, but it's still kind of a shoot, brother. Right. <laughs> but so anyway, um, Matt Riddle apparently bumps into Goldberg. And Goldberg's like, we got to talk. And Riddle's like, okay, you know, because he's Matt Riddle. And, you know, okay, whatever. You know, cool, bro. Whatever, bro. And Goldberg's like, I'm not your bro. He's like, okay, bro. Not your bro. So it it just became, I now know the plot of Bill and Ted 3. It's really Bill and Matt. They're going on an adventure. Um, I would pay good money. I would pay nine ninety nine a month to see that as an episode of Ride Along. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just Goldberg and Matt Riddle, but it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a two hour special where they're driving the length of forty, <laughs> <laughs> Have, working out all their issues. <laughs> um, well, let's start there. I guess we'll, we can talk about the Goldberg match, right? Yeah, because no, I was super excited for it. Oh, yeah. And it was super early in the show. It was the second match on the card Sunday night. I got asked about it on uh, the radio. Hello to anybody who actually listens to that and then transition to the podcast. Hi. Hello. But, um, yeah, I got asked. They're like, oh, what'd you think of that match? I'm like, if you're a Goldberg fan, you loved that match. Tom, it was perfect. It was so good. It was Which, everything I wanted from it. That was all I needed. That was all anyone yep. needed from it. It's like pretty much like you enjoy pie. You like pie. What kind of it's pie? It's when you say, screw it. I'm just going to take the can of pie filling and eat it straight with the can and a spoon. That's what that was. It was Goldberg. He does the entrance. He hits all his two moves of doom he wins the match but yep we're gonna milk this for a little bit because for some reason ziggler's got to call him back let's let's milk it out a little bit more that was the best part was it he just kept they just kept hitting his music and he just kept coming back out and sparing ziggler and then leaving again it was it was incredibly sports entertaining it was somebody made the reference to the Monty Python gimmick where he's like, not dead yet, sir. Oh, it was so funny. Just though. a flesh wound. I think I was telling somebody, I was like, you know, it, and this is after Monday too, where I was like, wouldn't it be great if Goldberg would just come out and just spear Ziggler again while he was running his mouth to the Miz and just leave. <laughs> then I was like, what if every week for the next, they just signed Bill Goldberg to a 52 week contract. And he just comes out every Monday night, just spears Ziggler and leaves for 52 weeks. Or <laughs> with full entrance every time. Or he just super kicks him once and ends his career. Yikes. 
Another thing Matt Riddle referenced. Did he? No. (laughs) In Canada, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Goldberg Dolph was exactly everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, I I forget what the exact reference was. It's like you could give him a whole bunch of jackhammers or just one super kick. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Not your bro. Uh, <laughs> um, we can't not talk about the fiend. Oh man, it's so good. I think it, it is. It's better than anyone. Okay, I hate that. I hate that they sacrificed Finn. Finn's getting ready to take time off, though. And apparently, we're gonna align him with the OC when he comes back. I'm cool with that. So there's my opinion there. But it it was oh. a sacrifice. It's why he wore all white. Look for the symbolism. Yeah. Well, I knew that. As soon as he came out in all white, I was like, wow, we're, we're putting him over as maybe like the mega baby face here against the fiend. Right. He Either is that or we're busting him wide open. <laughs> right. Flair's nowhere to be found, though. We're OK. It's, it's not 1984. So that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, the whole entrance, all of the, the new the the new theme music. Start there. Awesome. Yeah. The the the. I don't want to call it a remix because it's a totally different version of the song, but so good. The, the here's Bray Wyatt's head as a lantern. Yeah. <laughs> I need one of those. How are they not selling those on WWE shop already? That is the best merch right there. And there's so much merch. I didn't realize I got an email like the day after or something like that. Well, they released like a limited edition, like fiend box. That they only made like 500 of or something. But I mean, you can buy the puppets. You can buy like about 18 different shirts. The Fiend is going to become the number one merch seller, isn't he? You can buy that $50 mask, but you can't buy the contacts. And that's what really makes the mask. Yeah. Um, just the, the, the whole presentation was so unique and so different. And while it is like... It felt believable, if that makes any sense whatsoever, right? Like, we've had The Undertaker for years, who's an undead wizard. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it always sits in the back here like, he's not really an undead wizard. But here with the Fiend thing, it was like, that was freaking creepy. Like, the heck is going on here? I, I, I need to intervene for one quick second. Okay. I know you're watching the third season of glow i am i'm like three or four episodes in okay i need to discuss it with you once it's finished Ooh, okay are we talking about crazy not believable gimmicks no there i made a joke to my wife as i was watching the final episode of the season okay where they do something in a match and I joked to her and I go, Vince McMahon was actually at this match going, God damn it. I need that. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, so. next week, next week on the show, we'll talk about the third season of glow. Yeah. We're not going to have much else to talk about next week. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh. A lot more boobs this season. Yeah. I've noticed that already. I feel like there were some in season one, and then I don't remember many from season two. 
pretty much everybody gets in on now the it's act. Every, yeah, it's like, it's everybody. <laughs> I just kept going, what? It's taking me by surprise. Including someone that you don't expect near the end of the season. Okay. Well, now I have to watch. <laughs> it's Mark Marin, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, we've. he's been shirtless on the show multiple times, I feel like. Right? He, shoot, he shoots cigarette smoke out of his nipples. Wow. That's a gimmick right there, brother. Hell yeah. Put him in a box. He'll be over. Uh, Charlotte and Trish. Which was done the right way. Yeah. Really good. It was a great match, too. I thought Trish it looked... It was. Tr- Trish really looked like she hadn't missed a step. Yeah. Like, I mean, clearly, you know... As with all of these Legends matches they've been doing, like, I'm sure they were in the PC rehearsing for a couple weeks. Yeah. And that, you know, that entire match was choreographed. Um, and, and the thing is, with uh, these two, too, I feel like, even if it wasn't, like, these two still could have, everything you've seen, they could have worked at the ring. Because the pacing felt right. It didn't feel like it was forced. It felt like yeah. they might have been actually calling the matches it went. I don't know. And I think the only reason you would do that is that you've got someone like Trish who really hasn't wrestled regularly in years and only had the the match, what, at WrestleMania and the match at Evolution mm-hmm. since then. So it's yeah. like, I mean, and that's that's a pretty big layoff that she's had too. It's not like, oh, she's out for a year and then comes back. This is, right. oh God. Like, it's been at least, what, five years? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this is her first, like, singles match, too. And yeah. right, everything else she's done recently has been either a rumble or the tag match at Evolution. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So, but, you know, in that in that circumstance, of course, rehearse the match. Like, who cares? But it was really good. I enjoyed it. It yeah. might have been the match of the night, honestly. Uh... It is. Are you going to give it to the main event? Yep. Okay. I can. Yeah. I can. You can make a case for either one of them. I think. I. You know. Let's talk about. Um, the main event. Let's talk about. Okay. Let's talk about Rollins and, and Lesnar then. Um, it was good. It was real good. That may be my favorite Brock match of all time. In all honesty. And as I mentioned before, I mean Brock really is. An end boss of a video game. (laughs) Right. Okay. Because he comes in there and it seems like, you know, if if you try the direct normal approach, you're going to get killed. If you like seem to be doing well and you make one mistake, he grabs you and then he destroys you. It's if you ever played Mike Tyson's punch out, that's pretty much how Brock Lesnar is book now is you have to have a you have to have a pattern you have to sense the pattern you have to know what you're doing and you have to make no mistakes yeah well and that's yeah and that's basically how that match was booked right like yeah and this time unlike WrestleMania 35 you've got Rollins winning clean right there was there was no there was no nut shot this time there was no baby face questioning nut shot no um he outsmarted the beast yeah, he. I won't even say outsmarted. I don't know if that's correct, but he outlasted the punishment, right? Yeah. 
he he was booked like a true babyface. That he was he was the babyface in peril. Ricky he, Morton was so little, proud. Yeah. And he worked his way back, and you know he made his comeback. And, and I mean, and I don't know if it was my doubting of WWE booking or not, but I mean. I, I never got the feeling like a lot of times in some of these matches, not necessarily with Brock, but like in well done matches like that, you feel that it could go either way. You know, it's, it's not obvious one person's going to win. And with Brock Lesnar matches, I've gotten to the point, I guess, where I just assume, well, Brock's going to win it somewhere. Right. So I never truly got the feeling that, oh, Seth is going to take this one until, until about five seconds before the finish. Yeah. I'm with you there. There there were like uh, so many times we critique like the number of false finishes in a match, right? Yeah. Here it was perfect. Because uh, like you were talking about the way Lesnar's been booked to be that final boss. And we're watching Seth trying to figure out how to beat him in real time. And then he finally does. So you need all those false finishes here. Yeah. It was great. He and, ate, and, and he ate three curb stomps. Yeah. <laughs> like, come and on. There was almost a little bit of New Japan booking in there because it was like, because you had those false finishes. You had the you, you had the finishing move leading up. You had Brock catching uh, Seth in the F5 and then Seth slipping out of it. And then just, I mean, that's... I mean, and we'll eventually transition to G1 soon enough, but that's been like the main event formula of these matches in G1 has been finisher escape to other finisher escape to back to the original finisher escape to another, you know, it's just like the last, the last three minutes of any G1 match is like wrestling crack. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you're getting it, and it's just like, ah, ah, ah. yeah. This this match had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, the, like, and it was off and on, right? Too, because of course, if Seth Seth gets that hot start, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna happen. And then and then Lesnar takes over, so I like relax a little bit, and then a couple of hope spots had happened, and I'm like back on the edge. It was, oh, they had me. It was. That was professional wrestling. I was sports and, entertained, and I was professional wrestling entertained. And there's several wrestlers that I've seen online, guys like uh, Bully Ray and a couple other guys, uh, just like totally turned against like the wrestling community, the wrestling fan community, I should say. Like, oh, you guys all hate Brock, but, you know, all of a sudden you're watching the main event of this match. You're like, oh, Brock's awesome. Yeah, because Brock has been awesome in the past. My God, has he just been booked like the just generic ruiner? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that I mean, that was that was Cena for a while. That was Roman. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was Hogan originally, you know, yeah. back in 89 or whatever, it's just going all the way back. It's just exactly like you said, it was Roman. It was Brock. It's it. It always ends up 
being somebody like almost too much of a good thing. But like in Brock's case, there was all it, there was other things that were involved in it. It was there just didn't seem to be much booking at all with it. I mean, it was the directions of the the weird shooter intentional blood type thing. Yeah. There was the, I'm only going to show up every three months, but I'm going to keep this belt hostage thing. It's nobody was saying, wow, Brock Lesnar is a crappy wrestler. Dude, when he destroyed Cena, what a couple of years ago at, I can't remember what card it was. 2014 or 15 at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Okay. And we just sat there and watched that match and just in awe. And like, it was nothing we had seen before. And it was great. Yeah. I think my issues with Brock are twofold. One, and I, I, they can't be totally blamed on booking. The the first one can, right? Like he should never be champion if he's going to be that part-time. Right. It just, you let me go. Let me go back to the thing I know. I've said on this podcast ninety times in our almost one hundred episodes. The entire goal of pro wrestling, in the story, is to become the champion. When the champion's not there, what the hell is everybody fighting for? So that's my main issue. That's my biggest issue. Number two, and this is, uh, Brock. Brock is a good wrestler when Brock wants to be a good wrestler. If Brock's not into the story or his opponent, he does not try. See WrestleMania 32, 3, whichever it was. The one against Ambrose. Or he just didn't care. Right. Right? Like, Brock, when Brock has someone he wants to wrestle, he's fine. Otherwise, he's going to give you garbage. And he knows it doesn't matter because he's a draw. And Vince is going to pay him. Yeah. Which is the worst part, right? Like, he's got the ultimate job security. He can do whatever he wants, and they're not going to ever reprimand him for it. Look at his uh, either of the Mania matches against Roman, right? Neither of those were very good. Because Brock knew what the situation was. Right? And no one hates, you know, Roman's not over. I'm supposed to be the heel here. Everybody wants me to win. Like, none of this makes sense. I don't really care. I'm going to go out here and have a crappy 30-minute match in the main event of WrestleMania. Those are my issues with Brock. But when he when he puts his mind to it and he has a good match like he did at SummerSlam this past Sunday, it's great. And it was great. I loved it. That's what it should be. That's what pro wrestling should be was that match. At, at a championship level, that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else. Kevin Owens beat Shane. Shane's still around. Kill me now. That's all I have to say about it. I'm so sick of Shane McMahon on my television. Muay Thai punches. Uh, He's a shooter. It's just, it's, oh God, it's the worst. Um, What else happened? Uh, Randy and Kofi ending in a double count out. I get why, because you're extending the feud. 100% understand. I hate a double count out on a pay-per-view event <laughs> in a championship match. It's lazy booking. It didn't make sense. It's lazy booking is what that was. If you're going to do a double countout for a championship on a pay-per-view, that match should not have been booked for the pay-per-view. Yeah. You're looking for an easy way out, and you did it. 
Um, that that is a finish you do on a minor pay per view. It's not one you do right. on SummerSlam. It's one you do on TV. Yeah, I don't even put it on. I don't like anything I'm paying for. Don't do that. I know what you're doing. You're being lazy and you're extending the feud. You do that when you're telling the story on TV. Uh, Bailey and Ember Moon was a waste of time. Yep. Which we knew it would be. Um, I think that's about it. Becky and Natalia was fine. Whatever. It was okay. Yeah, it, it uh, was It was a match. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was there. Uh, AJ and Ricochet was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It, it's AJ and Ricochet. It's not it's not gonna be bad. Like no. it, was, it was fine. <laughs> I think you can tell AJ starting to wind down a little bit more. You think he did I mean, he did just sign a contract extension. But I I don't think we're gonna see twenty five minute matches with him or anything like that. I, I think I I think he's gonna get I don't know. Maybe wrestle a little smarter for his workload and that type of thing. I can see that. He certainly should. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he shouldn't at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'd be best for him to, I mean, for his health long term. And if he, I don't know how long he wants to wrestle for. But if I remember correctly, after he signed this last extension, he said in an interview somewhere uh, that this, this was his last contract. Right. So, speaking of contracts, Rowan Reigns signing an undisclosed extension. Surprise, surprise. Because, of course, if you're, Roman, yeah. if you're the face of the company, which Roman Reigns is, are you going anywhere else? Hell no. <laughs> uh, and another contract news. Uh, Jim Cornette had a coronary somewhere because Orange Cassidy was signed to AEW. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Orange Cassidy signed to the Outlaw Mud Show. <laughs> I'm really excited for All Out, so the next couple days later I can listen to Cornette breaking down just to hear him just slowly devolve into madness. Did he actually sign the contract, or did he just kind of, like, nod at it? Um, So they did a video. It's on Twitter. I think it's on his Twitter. Um, You can tell it's him that walks it. It's just a camera pointed at like a table on a patio or a deck and there's a blender and a few oranges <laughs> sitting there and you see him kind of all you can see is kind of from his waist down because the way the camera's focused at the table just kind of slowly walks up to it like drops a couple oranges in reaches in his pocket pulls out a piece of paper and he unravels his AEW contract he puts that in the blender <laughs> blends it up and then pours this chunky like orange juice contract blend into a glass and then he gives the signature orange cassidy no effort thumbs up like in the frame <laughs> it was well done i enjoyed it i don't know how i did see people start raising concerns about how well he's gonna fit into aew like i saw people already criticizing cody like tweeting at cody being like Oh yeah, you want to be the serious sports promotion, but now you've signed Orange Cassidy. <laughs> it's st- still um, wrestling. Yeah, that's basically what Cody was like. We're a wrestling promotion. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm interested to see how long the Orange Cassidy gimmick goes. I think it's got it's got good legs. It's got to evolve. 
It's got good legs, though. Yeah. It never ceases to make me laugh right now, though, so. Yeah. And I think it's honestly one of the hotter gimmicks in wrestling because, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, his little, like, gifs and YouTube <laughs> stuff yeah. is getting passed around to even, like, non-wrestling fan type people. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, man, you gotta see this. He's he's the Joey Ryan of the current moment. Yeah. That you can actually show, you know, people. Yeah, because he's not trying to suplex someone with his genitals. Junk. Yeah. I was trying to find a word. I just went with term, term we use genitals. Junk. Junk. Here. Yeah. The junkplex. There we go. Yeah. Um... Also, WWE note before we roll on to G1. Uh, King of the Ring is coming back. Give me King Sammy. So Meltzer brilliantly deduced, well, I, I only usually like to bring this around when they want to push somebody. Thanks, Dave. Really? Thanks, Dave. Such insight. I'm being, I'm being told they, they're going to get ready for somebody. He actually said that. <laughs> I was like, come on, Dave. Stop. Uh, so confirmed in the King of the Ring tournament for 2019. Ali, Andrade, Apollo Cruz, Baron Corbin, Buddy Murphy, Cedric, Alexander, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Drew McIntyre, Elias, The Miz, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Samojo, Shelton, Benjamin. It's a good field. Yeah, definitely. Um, Common Sense is a WWE as a member of the WWE universe, pardon me, let me use the right terminology. I uh, would say I've watched this show enough to know Baron Corbin's going to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like they're going to go that way, which is why I know they're going to go that way and just annoy me because it's been a nice month without him existing. As Dwight Schrute would say, it's never who you most suspect and it's never who you least suspect. So it's going to be the person you medium expect. So Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I mean, it's a heel gimmick, right? I still want King Sammy. Ooh, that is a good one. Dancing down to ringside with the crown on. (laughs) The skanking king. That's a good t-shirt right there, brother. The skanking king. Um checkerboard robe god everyone's like is my tv working why is this test pattern on here um yeah i i think drew or corbin are your two most likely suspects right maybe elias oh that makes sense it's elias he would be the king of rock and roll yeah there we go I could work. There's so many. There's so many angles you could work here, which is why it'll be Sheldon Benjamin. He's the mute king. He just stares (laughs) off into the distance, looking around. I I can see the artwork. Describe it. Just just an oil painting of Sheldon Benjamin in his crown, looking off into the distance. It's it's just the eyes and crown. It's actually painted in landscape. Yes. All <laughs> uh, right. So the G1 climax 29. It G- climaxed. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, every, every good moment ends with a climax. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
the G1 Climax 29-2019. Yes. It's a lot of twos and nines. Uh, so in case you've been living under a rock, your winner, unfortunately, not knife pervert Jay White. He was defeated by Golden Star Kota Ibushi. Which is the right way to go. Yeah. Although, I mean... I will say that Jay White looks much better with the the um, Jack of Spades facial hair. Yes. That's improved his look greatly. I'll give you that. I think I loved the fact that I think it was... When was the last... When was night 18? When White won his block. Was that Saturday night, Sunday morning? And I woke up Sunday morning and I texted you. I was like, LOL, knife pervert wins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, that was that was here, Sunday Sunday here, morning. I was like, here we go. This is exactly what we talked about last week. Jay White getting that that rocket strapped to him again. <laughs> and thank God it didn't happen. Oh, uh, I mean, it was it it served the purpose because again, I think it him failing early on in G one made it I, I think got people's hopes up, including mine. But that's what a good heel does mm-hmm. is you think he's dead and he comes back and he ruins the entire block. Yeah. And he did. Because you had, I mean, you had so many options going into night 18. You had the possibility of, well, you had John Moxley's free fall, but he still had a chance going into the night. Uh, you had Dark Horse Hiroki Goto potentially getting it, and you also had uh, Naito who could have won the match. And so Moxley loses to Juice Robinson, which I think we assumed was going to happen just by the direction that Moxley was going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goto loses to Shingo Takagi, who has the best like headshot of the G1. Because he looks completely insane. Hold, please. While I look this up. Or, well, no, hold. Keep talking. But I'm going to look yeah. this up. And then, which led you to the the main event of the card where Jay White and Naito fought, where the winner of that match would win the V-block. And Jay White wins and pisses off everyone. <laughs> LOL, Knife Pervert wins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he and Kota Ibushi go on to have an amazing match because, of course. Yeah. Uh, not the only thing that happened on night 19, though. No, that's like the, the G1 winner, like the G1 finale kind of took second place that night. They really buried the lead on that one. Yeah. Uh, so what was it? Wednesday, Thursday, Tama Tonga starts tweeting about We've got a new, uh, the newest member of Bullet Club, super athletic guy. It's something like that. I'm paraphrasing. It's like, okay. So in a tag match, let me pull up who all was in it because I don't remember. It was, uh, oh yeah, Fale, uh, Tamatanga, and Tagaloa taking on Ishii, uh, Yoshihashi, and Kenta. Kenta turns on Chaos and joins Bullet Club. But that's not all. <laughs> no, that is also bearing the lead. That's also bearing the lead. Because then 
to save his good friend Tomohiro Ishii, out comes Shibata. Who is mad because Shibata was the one who brought Kenta into New Japan. Correct. Yeah. This is the one who introduced him on his debut after his exit from uh, NXT. Um, everyone proceeds to... Shibata hits a couple of kicks. Then everyone proceeds to beat Shibata up. And I'm cringing the entire time being like, please don't touch his head. 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 I didn't need to see Shibata bleeding from the ears. Yeah. On international television. Um, and then the ultimate act of disrespect, Kinta does Shibata's classic pose sitting on top of Shibata as Bull Club poses around him. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Shibata's attack on Kenta with the dropkick in the corner and the uh, the forearm. Oh, man. I didn't realize how much I've missed him. Yeah. he Right? God, I miss him. And it's one of those things he's, ne- he's still never wrestling again. Like, and I'm, watch- I'm watching that whole thing and I'm going... Maybe, like, maybe he could wear a helmet or something. <laughs> he could be New Japan's Eugene. No. Like, I kind of want to see Shibata pull that gimmick off. <laughs> have Taguchi give him, like, the rugby helmet. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. He joined Taguchi Japan and... Solely out of self-preservation, he joins Taguchi Japan because they have helmets. <laughs> because nothing says fun-loving jokester like Shibata. They they lose the helmets one day on a day when he's scheduled to tag with Yano. So Yano just tapes DVDs around his head. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So I had to show my son the two Toriano uh, John Moxley matches. Uh, the first one was a tag match where uh, Yano and uh, I forget which young lion he was with uh, team up to face uh, Moxley and uh, Red Shoes' son, whose name I never remember. Shota Uminu. Shota yeah. Uminu. There we go. Don't ask me why I remember that so well. I just do. So this was John Moxley's first experience at Toriano. So of course Toriano comes in with the DVD and everything like he's not bringing the uh, the curry at least he's bringing the DVD. That's good. And Mox is like, I I want the DVD. <laughs> and Toriano and and the best thing about it is Toriano knows English, so you get to hear Toriano negotiate. Like, you want DVD? And Box is like, yeah, I want DVD. You want DVD? 5,000 yen. Oh. So then Moxley turns around to Shoto Mino and is like, go get me 5,000 yen. (laughs) Shoto gets out of the ring, goes over to the ring announcer, gets 5,000 yen from the ring announcer. Who's just like, uh, okay. So he gives him, 
and then they exchange and that's when they go to roll him up real quick. And like he goes to like walk away with the money and Moxley goes to roll him up from behind. And then, you know, chaos ensues. The money goes flying everywhere. <laughs> Do you find this? Yeah. Need to see that. Um, on new Japan world, they've actually broken down a lot of the matches. Finally, you don't have to watch the entire card. You can just see the match. Yay. That was an issue that they were having in the past. And thankfully, I mean, someday they'll actually improve the whole interface, but all right. Hey, speaking of improving interfaces, uh, hidden gems available yet on WWE network. Yay. Yes. I saw that update today. They are back. They got- they got tired of everyone being pissed off. <laughs> like, where's the stuff I used to pay for? Yeah. Uh, good G1, though. Like, uh, I mean, Ibushi Okada in the main event at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th or 5th. Gonna be good. Still interested to see how they structure this as two days, right? Me too. Like, are, are they going to have, like, a giant card? Like, is the fifth still replacement? Is is the fifth... Like, they're both Wrestle Kingdom. Right. So, what does that do to New Year Dash? Does day two of Wrestle Kingdom kind of become what New Year Dash was, just on a bigger scale? Or are we splitting everything up? Are we having, like, a giant card where guys that wrestle on the fourth aren't wrestling on the fifth and vice versa? Mm -hmm. Or are we having, like, it almost on a g1 type of scale where you have like half tag matches half single matches and the guys that wrestled big single matches on day one fight in the tag matches on day two and the guys did tag matches on day one do the single matches on day two i imagine it's that it's the latter because that's just how new japan does things right and I mean, it's good. I again, I like their booking style just in general. Like you know, throw away the whole gimmicks and things like that. I just like the way that they structure their cards. Yeah, it makes every, you're putting the important stuff at the end where it matters. Like you're building to that all night. You know, that's how it should be. And you're putting it, the factions allow you to put your mid tier guys and your lower. Uh, lower mid-tier guys I'll, I'll say your curtain jerkers or whatever it allows them to put them in higher matches and wrestle higher profile opponents and not lose every match it keeps everyone over too. everyone yeah. because i mean you're getting someone like i mean let's jump on chase owens for a little bit chase who like last year was eating every pin from bullet club Yep. <laughs> this year he's, you know, he's he's get a little bit of a shine to him now where they're kind of building him up a little bit mainly because half of Bullet Club is gone. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's but that's the thing. It's like guys like him you're having those later matches and it allows him to be in a higher match where he still might eat a pin or, you know, like Yoshihashi, guys like that that if this was a WWE booked type show. He'd either never make the card or he would never get off the first or second match of the night. Right. Yeah. Do you think that's why Bullet Club recruited Kenta? 
because they saw his his uh, his WWE run and they're like, he's gonna take it a pinfall. <laughs> Uh, busy busy week this week yeah uh we're on a clean slate to august 31st pretty much so i'll have to think of some gimmick for next week yeah we'll talk about glow next week i can finish it by then it's easy i'm like halfway through i think maybe a third whatever i enjoy watching it anyway so yeah it, it. it goes so easy and I'm sure I'm sure other things will appear. We get a we. Uh, I need to watch all the road tall out. I don't think I've seen anyone pass the first one. So gotta get up to speed on that, since you know that's essentially the TV product now. And worst comes worst, we'll think of some gimmick that yeah. will. I've had a couple that have rolled in the back of my head. And... Ooh, I like that. We can yeah we can, yeah we'll find something new. We'll keep your ear holes full of content. Absolutely. Yes. So in the meantime, Tom, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Go on the Twitter machine at Mr. Workrate at MR Workrate. Don't go anywhere else because I really don't respond to that stuff. <laughs> and you can find me uh, on the internet at JC Bob at JCBOBBITT, wherever finer social media is pervade. You can find the show on Twitter at Cheaters of VR Pin. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Give us big blue thumbs up and likes and tell us how much you love us. And next week we'll be back with something. We'll leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> so that's an, an easy out this week. Yeah. Yes. So uh, until then, I'm JC. I'm Tom. And we'll catch you on the flip side.